Welcome back to the Underdogs, a podcast dedicated to covering the twists, turns, laughs, and tears of the Emmy award-winning Apple TV series, Ted Lasso. That's right. In every episode, we do a brief episode overview, followed by a three-word episode review. Then we analyze what happened on the pitch, off the pitch, and the main theme of each episode. We follow this with a bit of pub trivia, because of course you got to do that. And finally, we crown a winner of the episode that we call Winner, Winner, Football Dinner. That's pretty easy. Uh, it's a good format, Brandon. Absolutely. Today, we are covering Season 2, Episode 2, Lavender. After a rather unforgettable Episode 1, we settle back into AFC Richmond with Lavender, just like Roy does with a job in football. Easy. Reminder, the two differences between Season 2 episodes and Season 1 is that we recorded Season 2 episodes when this show was on air, whereas we had a little bit more time with Episode 1 after we went back and did it. That's right. A, a quick request as well. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, then please engage with us. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter at Pod Underdogs, all one word. We look forward to continuing the immense conversation around Ted Lasso there. All right, that's enough waffling from us on here, or we'll get sent home just like Jamie did from a certain reality show. So let's dive into the best way to start any episode with the three-word episode review. Here we go. We always like to kick it off with the three-word episode review, and mine was, it's getting deep. I, I'm interested to see where this goes. I thought this was a show about soccer or football, um, but yeah, there's so many other things going on around it, and so... Uh, yeah, for me, it's just it's kind of like it's getting deep. Where's this headed? This could go a lot of different ways. And so I feel like it's like the calm before like the storm or like it gets quiet right before like they hit you with it. Uh, so that's what I really felt with it. This episode, Nick, what about you? Uh, I went with uh, uh, what what is emerging as a theme in, in the season, which is needing father figures. Uh, there's a lot of talk about father son relationships in the show and uh, especially in this season. So I think there's going to be a nice through line there. Dan? I tried to go with a, I tried to evoke the spirit of Ted Lasso as something that's more of just a charmy witticism and just try to pull one out. And so I went with the pressure makes diamonds. I think you're starting to see mm. the pressure cook a little bit of our, you know, individuals on the show. So you're seeing Roy put under pressure, Jamie put under pressure, Ted Lasso put under pressure, and hopefully it, they come out like diamonds. We think they will, but, you know, we're, the pressure's on. Yeah. All right. Well, let us know what you think in the Discord, what your uh, three-word episode review was. Uh, but let's go ahead and kick it off like we usually do with what happens on the pitch, and then we'll get into what's happening off the pitch because there's kind of two different storylines there. So uh, on the pitch, it's kind of going to be a little bit awkward because the football really wasn't on display in this episode. We did see some drills taking place. Uh, we heard about Chelsea losing a match, uh, but this is more of a character character discovery episode. Obviously, there was the flashpoint on the pitch right at the very end of the episode. You kind of have to skip to right at the end when that's when Jamie Tart jogged onto the pitch. Everyone's head snapped and looked at him, and he pretended like nothing was happening. I thought this was really interesting, Nick. Ted Lasso, poor man management here. No heads up. Brought a flashpoint into the team. You can't just do something like this unannounced. Yeah, or, or it'll be a stroke of genius. I mean, you don't know. I mean, the 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 thing that Ted wrestles with in this episode is being a, a good man manager to his current crop of players and understanding that the current crop of players is not getting it done week to week. They have eight straight draws, right? You're never going to challenge to get promoted if you have eight straight draws. And so... You see him and the wheels start to turn a little bit, which is, you know, am, am, am I going to dance with the girl who brought me or 
am I going to perhaps mix it up a little bit and, and inject some life into this squad? And I think there could be a little, a little genius to this. This Dan to me will scream whether his players trust him or not. Like that is going to be the, the thing that happens here. Well, he already has broken trust with Sam because he told mm-hmm. Sam that he wasn't going to bring Jamie back. And I'm sure that then filtered through the locker room. But it's the conversation with Doc, because you can call her Doc now, Doc, uh, Dr. Fieldstone with the is eight draws OK? And it forces Ted to reexamine his own initial decision and puts him into a moment of crisis where he says, you know, what, maybe I should go bring Jamie back in for all the right or wrong reasons. And it's interesting that we're seeing a crisis of confidence with Ted Lasso, who typically is one of the more sure and, you know, insured individuals, you know, very comfortable within his self-knowing and self-being has really Brandon, I think been, been pulled open and exposed a little bit more. You know, if he's a, a board game, he's more operation this season uh, in, in that regard. Well, well, really quickly, I, I think this is also kind of a call back to the end of last season when uh, Ted was thinking about, you know, do I sit Roy? Do I play Roy? And then Beard just gives him a, a talking to like winning matters, man. These are these are professionals. These aren't mm-hmm. college kids. The fans want to win. Everybody wants to win. Like and you have to snap out of the you know, good old boy mentality and and try and do something because that's the thing that's going to keep them there and, and making a movement. So it's an interesting uh, kind of tie in there, BB. Yeah. Again, this was very unted lasso of him to do, but at the same time, maybe this is the new version that he has to be to, to kind of shake the ship a little bit and say, Hey, draw after draw, this mediocre is not good enough. Uh, we're going to add some competition to the mix again, though. I just, just seemed a little reckless from me. And then, um, yeah, I, that was really the majority of what we saw on the pitch. I mean, any, I guess anything else before I transition off it that you guys feel like we need to touch on? Well, I mean, this this all comes from the, the crux of the episode, which is Jamie Tart, right? Jamie goes and makes a hilarious and obviously terrible career decision to leave Man City which you can only assume is during training camp to go beyond the love Island ripoff lust conquers all. He then is the first person booted off the Island in hilarious fashion. And his agent basically says, there's nothing I can do for you. You have burned all the bridges in the world. And so he goes on this quest first with Keely, then with then with lasso. And then finally at the end, what he's going to have to do to earn his teammates trust back to get back into the game because he realizes that he wants to, you know, play and not be a complete jerk off, you know? And so that's kind of the crux of the episode and where it builds from. And and that's why it's so important to kind of understand the dynamics here. Well, perfect transition point into that, because as you say, Jamie Tart got sent home um, from the show. He was on the reality TV show right away, you know, classic Jamie Tart fashion, apology or like giving the condolences to the other guy. Like you're out for sure. Like they're just building it up for me. And all of a sudden, it's him, and he has to deal with it. And, of course, the other guy over-celebrates, which is what any good winner would do in that situation. Uh, Spain's not interested in him. Manchester City, they had the rough. All of Spain. Yeah, all of Spain is not interested in Jamie Tart. The my, agent did a good job. <laughs> my favorite My favorite part is uh, when he calls Real Madrid 
Madrid, and Jamie's reaction is, "You weren't even speaking Spanish." It's, <laughs> it's one. Of, it's one of the best lines of the entire you episode. Even so Spanish, good, Spanish, mate. Um, yeah, it, that was good. They try to get him like this junior agent, and there's like, nope, no shot, got nothing, and um, he ends up having to kind of go to what he knows, and and to, it's like you said is. You know, we're seeing Keely and, and, and Roy's conversation continue to develop and grow. And then you're like, oh, shit, this could be a real toss up here. Like Jamie is desperate. He's following Keely. They finally talk uh, at the at the restaurant, the coffee shop, whatever it was. Uh, but real quick, I just want to point out the uh, Man City rep in that press conference mentioning Jay. Oh, yeah. Oh, and Jamie Tart. Yeah, we have absolutely no interest in bringing him back. Zero. He is yeah. not coming back. <laughs> yeah. Just squash that immediately. So anyways, Dan, we end up with a very awkward face to face between Keeley and Jamie Tart. I don't know if I would call it awkward. I think she was spooked at a minimum. She was spooked. Yes. I mean, I, I would imagine that most people, if someone had been following them, uh, regardless of gender, would be very surprised if someone from their past just popped out of nowhere when they were on their lunch break. So, I mean, credit to, you know, I think the, the way that they've architected this story is that, yeah, it's great that Keely would be willing to talk to Jamie about it, but redirecting Jamie to the person who is the ultimate decision maker in this regard. You know, you have to go talk to Ted. Like, don't come to me. I'm the easy person to talk to. Yeah. I Well, it, what she wasn't mad about him following her. What was she mad about? You, you lost my number. Like, yeah. and th- that's a show of, you know, disinterest, right? I mean, wh- when you say to someone, lose my number, that means just cut off all comms, right? Mm-hmm. For him to do that alone and then for her to be like, oh, you, you deleted like why like we, we we never saw them fight or whatever it was it seemed like it was a pretty amicable deal although he you know is obviously not a fan of her and Roy dating but yeah, it was it's just a very uh interesting way to go about it and the fact that yeah she did the right thing passed the ball to Ted to handle the grown-up conversation was really good and I think it's I mean that scene is one of the best we've seen in the show yeah, she handled it very maturely too, and I think talked about it with Roy right away. He he didn't seem to be bothered at all. I mean, obviously he's he's not someone who's ever gonna feel uh threatened by Jamie Tart when it comes to a relationship situation. I think he would even be like, Well, look, if you're even confused about that, like let me make the decision for you. I'm out. <laughs> like, I'm good. But they are, I mean, they're going down this like very mature relationship. We're seeing a lot of things. So I think the way they handled it was like great. Is this could have been one of those easy ways for the show to like just be like, oh yeah, Keely and Jamie, let's tease this. Is it a thing? And I don't feel like that's where they're going, which makes me feel uh, a lot better uh, about it. But then we can use this to kind of now bridge to to Roy, who had a pretty wild episode for him. We saw strong, angry man Kent in the studio. Then we saw crybaby Kent <laughs> at the press conference. Two sides of this one, Dan. Um, I'll let you pick your choose your own adventure. Do you want to go pundit Roy or do you want to go retirement Roy? Well, we also saw in defeat his response to the uh, young uh, young girls that he was coaching as well. His response in that regard. That was a part of this episode as yeah. well. We saw the retirement speech. We saw the compassionate lover side. We saw a lot. of There were many facets to Roy this episode, he took us through 
very different, uh, very different channels as in that regard. But I think that the Sky Sports debut was probably the one that is just going to stand out because, of course, they made it about his former club Chelsea. You mm-hmm. know, his, they weren't performing well. They didn't play for the badge. And he just lets it happen. They have to apologize for the, yeah, I think as Arlo would say, the the fruity language fruity that language, uh, yeah. <laughs> they they've indulged in. But look, I, I think you know he. It's exactly what you would have expected, Nick. His his type of pundit to look like a very unfiltered, raw, profanity laden type of expletive heavy assessment of what's going on that boils down to character grit mentality and playing for the badge yeah i mean it, it they do a smart thing the show does a really smart thing here because that is the exact kind of commentary that 99 percent of sports fans want to hear mm-hmm. they want to hear someone who actually says it like it is and isn't playing a character like skip bayless does or you know like some of these other cats do they want to hear it straight from the source yeah spoiler alert um (laughs) not all of these guys really mean what they say um they call a media personality it's only yeah but but i mean it's it's a really smart thing because then they show the tweets and everyone loves it and they Mm -hmm. show they flash the bar scene with the three guys which are amazing recurring characters in this in this mini drama and they, you know, they, they're like, man, he's saying what is on his mind instead of just what is politically correct to say. And like, that is an interesting role that he'll, he'll have to play and adapt to because he's not going to be able to do that forever. You know, he will get fined by, by Sky Sports or whatever uh, as the, as the series goes, but uh, it was really great to see. And the fact that they threw in the little, I don't know if anyone caught this, the fact that his uh, the the guy next to him, the commentator next to him, was the old Richmond coach from from season one, episode one, was really funny. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, nice. yeah, um, he's funny as hell too. Yeah. I, oh, I bet. Yeah. Hopefully, he keeps the uh, the boys in check, and we don't have any slip ups on camera. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this is where we hear about Chelsea, right? And you hear a lot of that. You know, to your point, I just to to wrap on it, right? Is that uh, former pundits or pundits of former teams right you think of like jamie redknapp just gushes over liverpool can never do anything wrong and roy's like no this chelsea team their mentality like that's not good enough and and again it was that refreshing thing if it doesn't matter who you are he's bringing the insight from you know someone who's just recently doing it and that's also why former players are usually a recipe for successes pundits because they can talk at a level that um non-playing people can't so um Roy's retirement speech. Hilarious. <laughs> Incredible. You can kind of you can kind of see it coming, Dan, right? Because it's like so opposite of Roy. But to see it like actually happening, you're like, oh my gosh, he's bawling. <laughs> it was a waterworks. And again, just release the full cut. I want to see the full scene that they clearly shot for this because you don't just take that and film the 30 seconds of it. There will have to be, whether it is a special video drop, whether it ends up on YouTube or somewhere, whether we see it at the end of the season as bonus footage. Yeah. There is a full version of this, and I can't wait till we see it all. Release the cut, damn it. We want to see it. Yeah. It's yeah, it's one of those things the producers probably sit there and going, No, keep going, Roy. Yeah, we're gonna need an extended later. Just yeah, keep yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, we got it, got it. Yeah. Uh full clip, Roy crying. Uh, now we kind of know exactly why he doesn't want to talk about it. Why Keeley's like, you went viral. He's like, great. My worst moment of my career. Uh, we kind of see it. But, 
you know, maybe that opens him up to like a mental health angle as well. I think that that's probably pretty obvious how you handling having a breakdown on national television. Clearly, you still felt like you had something to give. Mm-hmm. So anyways, um, and something I wasn't expecting, Ted Lasso, Coach Lasso, stepping in a big old pothole of social media rumor mongering with the mm. old Jamie Tart situation. Um, I don't know, Nick, the, the social media agency person, can you break this down with a case study you're familiar with? Um, yeah, I mean, this is called don't have high profile meetings in public places. Uh, step one, um, you know, and look, it's, it was funny because it came from, I think Baz is one of the recurring pub characters and, mm-hmm. and so it comes from him and they're doing the thing where it looks like they're sitting in their hand or whatever, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, the dumb little trope there, but, but it just shows you again, that the players knew about that meeting before Ted had a chance to tell him. Mm-hmm. And what Ted might have thought was an innocent meeting with a former colleague, of course, has larger implications, Dan, as to how the team feels and their psyche and the relationships that they have built sans Jamie Tart. Well, same when he got caught with Keeley by the paparazzi, who was actually hired by mm-hmm. his employer, awkwardly mm-hmm. enough. So clearly it's not the first time he's, he's stepped in a, a shit pie of social media trap. It's a good usage of social media, like the way that they continue to go to it, whether it's the reaction to Roy, both for the Sky Sports and the press conference, whether it's the way that they're tracking updates about the club. I I think it's just another good usage of it as a way to alert people or the presence, right? Like maybe in a past life, it would have been, oh, one of the players walks in on the meeting, right? But now because... Everybody has a phone, and if you have a meme like this out in public, you're going to be seen as a recognizable figure, and someone's going to take a photo and post it. Like, it, it actually captures the mentality of, like, football Twitter is is perfectly capturing that, because that is exactly what would happen. Well, it also, uh, this was the first time that the pub was not a safe space for them. Mm. The pub in, in season one was a safe space where Beard and, and Lasso could argue, or... You know, they could play darts uh, with a with a former owner and, you know, all the stuff that went down, but but never made it directly into the press. This was the first time where the pub was a battleground. And it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. I mean, MVP of all episodes is May, the bartender, uh, who is just the absolute best, um, who uh, Jamie Tart says old people are like tall Yodas. Another amazing, amazing line. Uh, but it's just it's it's an interesting point now, right? The pub is now a public place where anything and everything's kind of on the record. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna have to adjust to that, obviously. Um, all right, so the main theme for us was trying to find harbor. Everyone's adrift at the moment, um, but most particularly the football men of Jamie and Roy who need the game mo- more than they probably realize, or they're very quickly realizing just how much they need it in their lives. Um, so we'll start there with them. We've touched on this a couple times, gentlemen. I just think if there's anything we want to round off on, uh, obviously, um, Jamie going from one of the most wanted footballers around made to Nick's point, a terrible career decision of leaving city to go do this show, uh, being unbelievably cocky and arrogant, getting punted off on the very first episode and now realizing that that decision had many consequences, that he's not the most wanted man in football anymore. 
and he had to go back to, I think, a place of, I don't know if I'd say comfort anymore, but definitely a place of familiarity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder if he's going to realize, Nick, that he's going to have to change his ways to get his career back on path because he can't keep doing what he's doing because this is where it got him back at Richmond. Yeah, I mean, this is the... It's all part of this, the character development in the show, and it's so damn good the way that they do it, right? Lasso only has to answer, or I guess ask him, I should say, one question. So why did you do it? And because Lasso is a, you know, whether Jamie wants to admit it or not, he's a father figure. Jamie goes, well, you know, I just thought it'd be great for my career. I thought it'd be great for my personal brand. And then Lasso gives them the, hmm. And then he says, oh, I want to piss off my dad, which is then the the through line that that picks up, Dan, because once you understand the motive that someone has, it's a lot easier to understand where they're coming from and why they would make such a horrible decision. It was not the first time that Jamie Tart has made a bad decision because of his parent parental figure. And I imagine it won't be the last, but it will be interesting to see you know, we talk about this idea of finding a harbor finding a safe space how quickly can th- that become a safe space for jamie maybe roy thinks that this guy sports thing is a safe space right now but that also can turn because that type of celebrity can be as hot and cold as one moment and maybe that doesn't stay as easy and breezy the entire season i think it's going to be interesting if they can how they'll find their way. I think I imagine they will. This is a very positive, upbeat type of story. It doesn't look like they're not looking to write us into scenarios. We're going to, I think, be super sad because that would just go maybe against some of the core tenets of the show, Brandon. But ultimately, Mm -hmm. how they get there, the journey to get to that positive space is going to be fun to watch. Well, it's interesting, though, too, right? Because to me, Lasso could have done a couple different things differently in this episode, right? He could have heard Sam and gone, oh, I absolutely cannot mess with the current team that I have. But what he did after talking to Jamie was understand that while he and Sam have had great father figures in their lives, not everyone's so lucky, right? And two two people who recur in this episode, Roy and, and Jamie, are probably not you know lucky amongst that to have great father figures. And so what he does is go the complete opposite direction and say, yeah, I, I heard what Sam said, but because he said it that way, I need to give this guy a, a chance to come back and do it right, mm. right? And at least I won't have that on my conscience. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, you'd assume this is going to end up in sunshine and rainbows, just the way they pitch it, you know. But maybe not. Maybe this is second season, right? They they pulled everyone in in the first season. Maybe the second season they're going to take take it in a different way. Uh, which is why I said when I talked about Keely and Roy getting stronger and stronger yet again in this in this episode, handling it like mature, responsible adults. Uh, Jamie pops in. Does it cause a wrinkle for that? And again, I was thinking like, oh no, I don't think the writers would take that, but. I mean, I could be wrong, Nick, obviously. I mean, there, there's always the, as long as Jamie's around, and especially if Keeley's working at the club, there's always, there's always that opportunity for making that mistake of falling back to an old lover. I, I don't think that will happen. What I think will happen is a, it will just make things uncomfortable for Roy and Keeley. And not because 
either one of them would have done anything wrong. But the reason that I wrote that in the script is the, the last frame was Rebecca like smirking at Keeley as she watches Jamie go back out on the practice pitch. I don't know what that means, but it seems a little sinister in the way that they're setting it up. And, you know, at, at the very most, I think it will just mean that there are, there are further conversations that those two have to have. But Dan, at the same point, they have handled things incredibly mature, uh, maturely, I guess, uh, throughout the episodes, uh, the start of this season. And I think they are in a really good spot. I mean, they're, they're more intimate with each other than we've seen any other relationship on the show, minus Lasso and Beard, obviously. Of course. The insecurity of both Jamie and of, of Roy is going to be tested. That's all. That, that's just going to be the nature of it. You know, it is a sitcom. It is from the creator of Scrubs. So like there will be a love triangle. That's just how it works. And whether or not it does end up with a changing of partnership, I don't believe so, but it will just be strained. Though much like anything else, we're talking about the pressure. The pressure is gonna make diamonds, hopefully, out of everybody. Are you wait, there's a love triangle in Scrubs? No, I'm just I'm just kidding. <laughs> um all right, so now everyone's favorite part, the crown and anchor pub trivia, weird questions, observations that we have. Nick, I I feel like I just want to turn this one over to you because it's really your baby and and Dan, if if that's incorrect, then I totally apologize for missing. No, that's all Nick. Uh yeah, I pick up on little weird things uh throughout the throughout the show. Um in this episode, we learned something really cool that Roy Kent has favorite flowers. What are they? You know, it's Dan. It's, it's a, it's a pretty obvious one if you rewatch the episode, but I feel like they kind of did that in a, a little cheeky way. And I, I like the way they kind of came across. It was well executed. Jamie Carragher sending them as well. What a, what just a tremendous guy. What a Jamie. delight. What a, mm, Jamie. Mm. All right. So that's question number one. Question number two. Who did Jamie Tart name his army man after? If you remember the finale of season one, Beard walks up to him with a note from Ted. There's a little army man in there. It's a consistent trope throughout the show. Uh, then Jamie, in return, uh, I thought this was really well done, places it on the on the bar and says, I named him blank. And so there is a little, a little nuance in there. Perhaps there's an obvious answer, but you you may dig a little deeper on that one. Then the third answer, hilariously, there's always something with Beard in these episodes. Why did Coach Beard sleep in the office? Dun, dun, dun. I'm not going to ruin it, but I did self-admittedly say I don't think I could answer any of these, so I should probably go back and watch it and refresh myself. So uh, as we look to wrap this one up, we've got any surprises. And look, my biggest one was pretty obvious. I'm not, there's there's no subtlety in this one. Jamie freaking Tart returned to Richmond. <laughs> <laughs> I would not have guessed uh, the way this season been going. Um, it, not, definitely not this early. So uh, I don't know. Nick, yours uh, was a surprise, but maybe also a proud moment as a uh, pseudo father. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I felt I felt some pride uh, in this one. Uh, Sam Albisania, the you know world's nicest person, um, who doesn't like to cuss, 
uh, called called Blasso out with some uh, choice words. And so, you know, look, I didn't see it coming. I also didn't see Lasso cussing at the end of season one either. So they they do this very methodically, Dan, and it's just in moments where you don't expect it. And I think that's why it makes it great. It was good. Mine was the switch in pub food this season. So last season it was all fish and chips and now it's cottage pie, which again, also a great option. You know, maybe maybe a little heavier though. So like instead Lasso putting on a little bit of like pounds there. Like what's the decision? What was the decision to move off of the the fish and chips? Or is this that they they just got tired of it and they wanted to go to something different this season? Can we get a sausage roll then? That's all I'm saying. Oh, what what are we missing (laughs) here? Yes. It's top tier, so they you, know, you got to find it at some point. I think, uh, yeah, sausage rolls from the the cock tavern. Uh, I I'm in on that. We can go ahead and just uh, bake that in. Um, all right, let us know if there's any surprises that you had that maybe we missed or that just again kind of caught you for one. Uh, and then, anyways, winner winner football dinner. Who won the episode? I said Roy fucking Kent, the pundit. I want pundit Roy going down as winning the episode granted is right at the end like it could be recency bias i also don't want him winning every episode which i'm kind of surprised and i even was like well when's ted lasso getting into this and nick was just like don't worry it's coming it's coming it's coming (laughs) it has Uh, to come then you you two went with the tartmeister jaime jamie tart 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 yeah i mean Dan, Dan talked me into this. I was between you two, I think, originally, but Dan talked me into it because, one, I think uh, the the actor who plays Jamie Tart is phenomenal and adds so much to this story. I mean, it becomes so much richer with him in it than without him in it. And, two, I think, Dan, as you said, the vulnerability uh, that we didn't know this person had except for one small moment in season one where they were burning stuff, right? Uh, that was the only time we ever saw Jamie just shields down. Uh, this was a really big episode for his character. It was really nice to see the way in which he was vulnerable with multiple individuals, right? With Keely, with Ted, and trying to understand where he could find a place again because he needed to be back in football. He wanted to be back someplace safe when no one else would have him and you know sees ted and richmond as, as a refuge is the the port in the storm and so i i really also enjoyed his back and forth with ted in the bar and his ability to just rattle off all the different actors names and to play with that <laughs> as much as he much like roy talked about how he's an american he's a yankee doodle and there, there's still an ability to find common ground between these two, because I think unlike Roy and Ted, where they're maybe a little different, I actually think the overlap of Venn diagram between Jamie Tart and Ted Lasso might be greater mm. in terms of just the way that they engage with the way that they have a, they have a kind of a fun desire or look at life and a generally like carefree personality. And I don't know. I, I think Ted Lasso as a stand-in father for Jamie Tart uh, might be the best thing that happened. So uh, I'll say the the scene of the episode was was Jamie and, and Ted at the bar. It, it's it's the most emotionally available that you've seen those two characters this season, and you've also now 
you know, outside of the dart scene, you see Ted talk about his father one other time, right? And so I think there's going to be something that comes out of that most likely, which is where I kind of got my show theme from, my three-word three word episode review. There's there's more to that story than, than what he's letting on. And uh, I think that was really a nice touch, you know, just a really casual conversation between two former coworkers. This is a coworker office drama at, at you know, the base level. And it's really great. Yeah. I don't know if I trying to think like how I would handle that. If I had to like walk back to a former employer, be like, so I did this stupid thing at this bigger company, you know, that I left you for, but I'm back and I'm here for you to take me on as my redemption arc begins. Are you ready? It's like, no, I don't want a broken version of you. (laughs) It's not my problem. But this is a very different working environment, which is something we've kind of been talking about for a few years now. It's like, I don't perform my spreadsheets and my business planning in front of millions of people live on television and thank God. So, you know, it's just different. different. No, it it is. And it's anytime you do that, what you just mentioned, Brandon, there's a bit of eating shit that you have to do, right? Something that a guy that cocky and confident does not want to do. None of us want to do, frankly, Mm -hmm. it's, it's one of the most embarrassing feelings in the world. Uh, but I think the fact that he looked at he looked at his agent, agent had nothing for him. He was like, "Yeah, I'm going to take it in my own hands, figure, see if I can figure it out." Shows me a lot about that person, that that's character. That's fair. Yeah. All right, that's it for this episode of the Underdogs. Please connect with us at Pod Underdogs on social media to continue the chat there. And if you'd be so kind as to take 15 seconds to leave us a five star rating and review, that would mean the world to us. We'll see you on the next episode. Yeah.